I want to uh, share a, a few thoughts with you. You know, when I was a kid, and we would go in youth functions and go, and they would always give you these little name tags, and and we would have fun uh, putting down weird names, you know, because nobody would know you. You went somewhere else, and so we just had these weird made-up names to watch people's awkwardness as they tried to, to speak to you and call you by that name, and we just kind of get a charge out of that. I was going to tell you some of the names we use, but... That might be somebody's name here. I don't, I don't want to do that. Uh, one time I remember preaching about, we were collecting money for flood victims and, and we were gathering all these clothes to take to them. And I said, listen, don't, don't grab stuff out of your closet that you've been meaning to take to a, a yard sale or a rummage sale or good, I mean, good stuff. Don't give them things that they're not going to wear. Don't pull out some suit like from the seventies that the lapel is that wide and it's big, broad checks. And as I was going through describing it, there was a man sitting right there (laughs) that had that suit on. And, uh, it was kind of like, would you stand up, show them, don't do that. (laughs) So I, I am a little more cautious about that, but, um, there, there are, uh, I, I want us to really be who we say we are. Um, we, we claim to be Christians. Are you really? I mean, can we say I'm a Christian for real? I really am. I, no kidding. I'm really a Christian. That, that's what I want us to be able to do. I, I'm afraid that there are people who wear the name of Christ, who put on a tag but that's not really who they are. And I want us to be beyond that and better than that because God knows the difference anyway. And the only people that we're fooling, maybe some folks in the world, but we're fooling ourselves. And uh, at the day of judgment, that's not going to work out so well for us. So let's learn to be real. And I've shared this with you before, but not everybody was here. And, and I'm secure enough to share it again. But, you know, when I was a kid... My sister and I would play with uh, doll babies. Now, here's my extent in that. Let me explain. We would set up all of her doll babies on the stairs like they were sitting in church. And um, I would preach and, and I would lead singing and we would have church service. We'd play church. And every once in a while, if the sermon was good enough, I guess, we would fill the bathtub up with water and dunk one of my sister's... <laughs> baby dolls and we you know we would do that and uh when it but but when we got tired of it you know we put it away well at least we left it lay we we didn't take it with us we were done with that and i'm afraid there are people that go through their lives or or use christianity in the same way they they play church they assemble, they sing, they pray, they commune, they give, they listen to a sermon, um, and then they come back again on Wednesday night, and they go to Bible class, and then they come back again on Sunday, and they do the whole thing over again. And, and there are certain things that we do, but when we're done with it, we're done with it. You know, we just put it away. It's okay for kids to play church, but it's not when you grow up. It needs to be real authentic. And um, I, I once heard the, the story, and I think it illustrates well, sadly, where some people are coming from. This guy comes home and, and uh, he sees his, his roommate like packing. 
and he's packing his clothes and stuff. And he says, where are you going? He said, oh, man, I, I'm going this week uh, on my break. I, I'm going to uh, such and such a place. It, I heard it is wild there. I mean, there's no limits to anything. Um, they have beautiful women there, and the alcohol runs free, and there's gambling, and, and uh, you know, there's just, uh, I even think they legalize marijuana in that state, and, and we, we got, oh man, I have plans. I've heard this place is absolutely great. And as he's describing that, his roommate sees him toss a Bible in his suitcase, and he says, why, why are you packing your Bible? And he said, well, if it's all that everybody says it is, I may want to stay an extra day and, and I'll go to church that Sunday there. That, that's kind of how some people do. They, they, uh, they don't see the inconsistency. Uh, oh, I'm going to go to church, but I'm going to live like the devil through the week. If you think that's outrageous and, oh, pff, nobody's ever going to do that. Just look at your Facebook statuses. Look at your friends. Like, Bible, my favorite book. Then look at their favorite movies. Or look at where they go or what they do or, you know, what, on vacation even. You know, I, I, it's not, I, I haven't been following up on any of you. I know it's vacation time. But, uh, do, do you see my point? I think sometimes the things that we say we like um, reflect a different story or may tell the story that my Christianity is kind of something I play at and, and it really isn't something that, that is genuine. So here's what I want to ask. I want to ask you this morning, how would you identify yourself? If, if you were to identify yourself, how would you do so? Look at your Facebook status or whatever. How would you identify yourself? I remember a number of years ago, there was a, a person in, in the member of the congregation, and this person was um, uh, honored by the community. And they wanted to tell everything about them. They had this huge, big write-up in the newspaper about this person. And as everything under the sun was said about her, you, you knew everything about her, what her likes were, what her dislikes were, everything about her past and her plans and her goals. Never once in that entire article did she mention her relationship to God. Never once did she mention her relationship to the church. I mean, you look at her self-described, this is who I am. And there was nothing said about Jesus. And what an opportunity it would have been to have said to people in the community, this is who I am. Maybe she told accurately who she was. How would you identify yourself? If somebody needed to know who really, who are you? Would you say, first off, I'm, I'm a Christian. I'm a follower of Christ. It means everything to me. Nothing matters to me like my relationship to Jesus. Um, if, if that can't be said, then maybe there's some work to do. 
But I also recognize this. Sometimes we can say things and we can give church answers. You know, if I were to ask you that and here we are sitting in church, of course I'm going to say I'm a Christian if you ask me because that's, you know, that's the right answer. But what if maybe a more accurate answer would come if I asked the next question? How would someone else who knows you identify you? How would your next door neighbor identify you? Would they just say you're a nice neighbor? Would they say you like cars? Would they say you, you, you really manicure your yard? Would they ever say you're a Christian? Have you had conversations that would reflect that? Do they see a, an empty driveway at church times? You know, are there clues that they have that say, I'm really a follower of Jesus? That's, that's who I am. And maybe a more honest answer would come from our neighbors than maybe our, ourselves. But I know this. The Bible tells us that if we're to be a follower of Jesus, a disciple of Christ, we have to be all in. It's not walking one foot in the world and one foot with Jesus. You know, if you try that, you're going to be miserable. I'm telling you, you'll be miserable. Because you either have too much Jesus in you to enjoy sin, or you'll have too much sin in you to enjoy your relationship with Jesus. There's no winning with that. You you have to make a choice. You have to make a decision. Joshua said in Joshua 24 and verse 15, Hey, listen, choose this day who you're going to serve. If you want to serve these gods of the Ammonites or Amorites, serve them. But if you want to serve the God of heaven, serve him. And he said, now listen, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. I hope you follow suit. When Elijah stood at at, at Mount Carmel uh, and he talked to the children of Israel who were unwilling to make a stand, the prophets of Baal, Elijah all by himself, I don't know if I want to go with one against 400. Elijah said, guys, listen, you need to quit, you know, straddling the line. You need to quit uh, straddling the fence and make a decision. Are you going to serve God or are you going to serve these prophets of Baal? Who are you going to stand with? Make a decision. And that's still today what we need to do. What would you say is your identity? What would your neighbor say is your identity? And let me give you one that's a little deeper theologically. Would your dog know you're a Christian? Think about this. I I, I may have shared this, but when I was a boy growing up, uh, there was, we had an elder. His name was Fred Stevens. He's now passed away. But, uh, Fred, uh, lived, oh, I don't know, from here to the the next house down the road, uh, uh, or that, that road, uh, that turns up there. But, uh, just a little ways, not right next door, but about a block away. And whenever, Fred had a dog by the name of Toby. And whenever Toby, he just ran loose. But whenever Toby came home and didn't see the family, you know what the dog would do? He'd come to church. Because he knew that if if I can't find anybody here, they must be down there at the church building. And so we would find Toby at church all the time. Doors would open up, we'd finish services, there'd sit Toby right there on the front steps of the building. Toby knew 
that his owners were Christians. You know, here's your deep theological question. Where would your dog go to find you? You know, maybe, maybe that's a pretty good question. Uh, would your dog go to church to try to find you if you were missing? Or might they go somewhere else that you wouldn't want people to know about? Uh, but here's the thing. We have to be genuine. How do people really identify us? Um, it's easy to, to deceive ourselves, as I said, but, but it takes more than that. We, we have to be authentic. And, you know, sometimes people measure faithfulness. I, I'm a Christian, and they measure that by the least common denominator. Like, um, what if I said, what's it take to be an NFL running back? What, what, what do you got to have to be an NFL running back? And, and my, well, Let's see. First of all, you, you have to be able to walk on two feet. Oh, okay. That, that is a requirement. But boy, that is so far down at the bottom of the list. Yes, you have to walk. But there's a whole lot more to it than just walking. But here's what people do. When asked, are you faithful? Are you dedicated to Christ? Are you really a Christian? Well, yeah, I go to church. That's about the same thing. You see, my Christianity isn't measured, really. Yeah, you have to go to church if you want to be a Christian. We're not to forsake the assembling, Hebrews 10, verse 25. But if that's the essence of your Christianity, that's like saying, you know, I'm, I'm going to be an NFL running back because I can walk. Uh, there's so much more to it than that. We, we need to also realize that a disciple is, if you look at Matthew chapter 22, and go ahead and turn there if you will, to, turn to Matthew 22. Verse 34, beginning. When, one, when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together. One of them, a lawyer, asked him a question, testing him, saying, Teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? And Jesus said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbors yourself. But did you see that? The, the most important thing, the chief of all the commandments that are written in the Bible, the, the greatest commandment, is love God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. Is that true of us? Can a person look at us and say, man, that guy is just sold out completely to God. God is his everything. There's nothing that rivals that. If it does, it loses because this person loves God more than anything in the world. That's where we need to be. And, and maybe we have work to do. Maybe that's something that is, it, well, it's definitely something that we mature in. But surely as we get older and as we practice, we get better at this. And we look more and more like Jesus. And I'll tell you something else about this. Being a Christian and really being a Christian is liberating. It is so, um, 
Well, how hard is it to to play and to pretend? And you get around a certain group and you got to act this way. And you get around this group, you got to act this way. And then, oh no, this group has one of this group in it today. And what am I going to do? And you're trying to like balance who you're with and what you say and make sure that everybody that you say it to is in this group and not this group because you don't want word getting back. And, and uh, man, wouldn't it be so much easier if we just said, I'm just going to be a child of God. And, and I'm going to be that with you, and I'm going to be that with you, and I'm going to tell the truth with you, and I'm going to tell the truth with you, and then you don't have to worry about what you said and, and who you said it to and, and all those kind of things. It's liberating to be authentic, just to be real and to be a child of God and not pretend and, and play. And... I, It's more about, and I'll I'll close with this point, but being a Christian is more about who we are than than what we do. Sometimes, well, I I remember when um, I first got married, and it was so strange to introduce Kim as my wife. That, that, That was like, what did I just say? You know, because I'd been, I'd been single, you know, for 21 years and, and now I'm introducing my wife and, and it sounded strange. And I'm sure to Kim, when she said, my name's Kim Higginbotham, that must have sounded really strange to her because she was a Pierce all of her life. And now all of a sudden, just, you know, the next day, a, a day changes all that. And, and now she's saying Higginbotham and, and I'm saying my wife and, and that seemed awkward just different for a while. But it doesn't seem that way anymore. You know, we've been married 30 years. She's been Higginbotham longer than she was a Pierce at this point. And and I've been saying for 30 years, this is my wife. And so that doesn't seem strange. It's it's not something I do. It's It's who I am today. It was something that I had to consciously think of saying then, but now it's just who I am. And I think that's the way it is and should be with with our Christianity. Being a Christian isn't just something that we do. Come to church, uh, help. It should be who we are. It's just it should be natural. I shouldn't be thinking, oh, I got to do this because, um, you know, they're, oh, yeah, church. And, and I do it because it's just second nature. I've been doing this for so long. Um, when it comes to talking to people about Jesus, for some people, that's a really big deal. That, that's hard to do. And, and wouldn't you love to move from that awkwardness of talking to people about Jesus to a point where it's just who you are and what you do? It, it's just, it, it's your essence. I like this story, and I've shared this with you, but, and I meant to throw the, the slide up, but in the 19, early 1970s, there was a comic book. Uh, it was called The Gospel Blimp. And it, it was about um, some people that were evangelistic. They, they were sitting on the back porch. They're all members of the church. They're grilling out. And uh, they're talking about ways to reach their sinful neighbors who across the fence over there were 
they were grilling out that day too, and they were drinking their beer and all that kind of stuff. And they said, how can we reach these folks over here? And they, somebody got the wise idea, the bright idea, let's buy a blimp. You know, like the Goodyear blimp? And we can put messages on the side of it. And, and we can say, repent, uh, and uh, judgment day is coming. And, and we'll, we'll put these neon lights and they can just fly. We'll hire a pilot and, and he'll fly it around town. And then, let's see, we can make flyers and, and bomb the community with these flyers. And so they were like getting up and flying this blimp around town, bright flashing lights, and people were annoyed by it. And then they started uh, tract bombing the community, and all these papers are fluttering down and clogging up people's gutters and drains, and they're just aggravated to death at these Christian people trying to reach them. And they tried that for a while, and eventually... You know, they're just frustrated. A couple years later, they're back on the back porch and they're having this discussion. That gospel blimp just didn't work so well. How are we going to reach those neighbors over there who are drinking their beer and having a cookout? And you know, a little girl in that family walked over to the fence and said, hey, tomorrow's church, would you all like to come with us? And they said, sure. It was that simple. You know, it's just who, you don't have to go through elaborate, you don't have to take a Jewel Miller course. You don't, you don't have to have a projector under your arm. You don't have to go through Fishers of Men Bible studies. I'm not throwing off on any of those things, but I'm just saying when it just becomes who we are and, and, you know, it's our essence, it's who we are. If you're going to be around me, we're going to talk about this kind of stuff. It's so much easier. And so much more effective. That little girl, by just simply going across the fence and saying, hey, would you like to come to church? Did more in five seconds than everybody else at the church had done in the, in the previous year. Um, and it was just because of that openness. That's who she was. So let's learn to do that and, and let's be real as Christians, don't, don't put on a show. Don't play church anymore. And I'll tell you this. It doesn't do you any good. Because in Second Chronicles, uh, verse 25, I just want to, or chapter 25 and verse 2, I want to tell you what the Bible says about a king. In the Old Testament, his name is Amaziah. And he was 25 years old when he became king. And he reigned 29 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was something of Jerusalem. And and look at verse 2. And he did what was right in the sight of the Lord. He did what was right in the sight of the Lord, but not with a loyal heart. This man was a wicked king. But it says he did what was right. Yes, he did but not with a loyal heart. You see, God has a way of sorting through and sifting through all that, doesn't he? We can do all the right things and not be real. We can make people believe that this is who we are and this is what I am about. I am 
And God knows. Are you messing with me? Are you trying to pull one over on me? I can see that. So if if we're going to go through the motions of Christianity, why not do it for real? Because going through the motions doesn't cut it. God knows. You, you might as well just you know stay home. But if you're committed to being authentic and real, really a Christian, that's the only kind there are. Doing the right things, but not having a loyal heart, God will, God will search you out on that. He'll know. So as we extend the invitation this morning, let me just ask you this. Are you a Christian? Really? Are you a real Christian or are you playing at it? Do you have improvement to make? Have you been, uh, you know, kind of hypocritical? Have you been playing games with people? Maybe even yourself? If so, come clean. God knows it. You're not hiding it from him. And that's really the only one that matters anyway. Answer that question as we sing this song of encouragement. Are you a Christian? If you haven't yet been baptized into Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, then you aren't. You need to do that. We'll assist you in that this morning. And if you are a Christian, but you really, it's been something you've been putting on and taking off, and it's been something that you've been playing at and not really sold out to, we'll pray with you to the end that you God will forgive you and you'll be more faithful in the future. Are you a Christian? Really? If not, won't you come as we stand together and say,